everyone, welcome to 20s and Abroad podcast. Today is the host Carolina and I have the guest Jamil. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello guys. Well, thank you Carolina for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've heard so many stories about other guys that are coming up next week and I was like, I'm so excited to join and I think it's going to be quite interesting to hear about our lives. Exactly. I completely agree with you. Why don't you start with a little bit of your background story? Where were you born? Language is all. I know that you're a very international person. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a long story. So basically, I have to go back first to where my parents come from to understand why I ended up where I am right now. So basically, my dad is half Moroccan, half Spanish. And he was born in Spain, but then he went to Morocco when he was like or five years old and then he stayed there until he went to university and then he did the university in Madrid then he <laughs> he moved to Africa Where exactly <laughs> uh Gambia okay so that's like in the middle of the jungle he was the director of that hotel and he was there for a year I've seen videos of him like touching cockroaches and some crazy stuff going <laughs> on there and then he moved to Ecuador and that's where my mom comes from and takes mm-hmm. place in this game Basically, my mom is, it's, she's basically from Ecuador. He also, she also has family in the United States right now. That's one of the reasons why then it's going to come the reason that I went there as well. And yeah, they met there, had my brother, which was born in Ecuador. What was the language they were speaking to each other? Spanish. Okay. Yeah, they spoke in Spanish, yeah. Both of them know Because English, though. your English is very good, and I expected that the common language was actually... For some reason, I expected it to be English. No, 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 that's not the common language, but um, since I'll, I'll tell you about it later, but I, w- I lived in the US, so that's why, mm-hmm. like, for example, with my cousins, I don't speak in Spanish, I speak in English, so okay. that's why. And basically they met, they, my brother was born, I have a 25-year-old brother, and for some reason they ended up in Panama. Okay. <laughs> and, well, not for some reason, basically it was because my dad was uh, managing some hotels in there as well. And he, they went to Panama and I was born in Panama. That's the reason why I'm, I have the ID from Panama and all this stuff. Yeah, I want to ask which passwords do you have? Right now, like, that I like, actually work in and it's the Spanish one and the, the one from Panama. I could have others, but I don't really need them. So I just stick to those two, which are the ones I want. Exactly. And, and yeah, well, I was, I, went, I was born in Panama. I don't remember much about Panama because I moved to Egypt after that. And then after Egypt, I moved to Tunisia. And then when I was like five years old or something like that, I went to Spain. Okay. And, yes. and I have lived in Spain since I was five years old till I was like 13, which was when I went to the US, but I went by myself. Like, it's kind of weird because sometimes I feel like people go when they're on their 15s, 17s, maybe on college. But I went when I was 13 because just family decisions. But you went there to study? or Yeah, you... I did high school there, yeah. How long? I stayed for a year, I did freshman year, yeah. Wait, you, did you live with your family? Or... No, I had a host family, but it's like basically my family, so yeah. It, it's a program that you went to, what? what Not exactly, I, I know there are some programs that you can do regarding yeah. the, going as an exchange student to the US, and that's what my brother did, but we saw that we could actually all do all the paperwork by ourselves. So we kind of did it in a separate way. Like we contact uh, directly the family that was going to be my host family. And um, yeah, basically we did it like that. Where so exactly did you go? I went to Kansas City. Well, actually Kansas City, Missouri. So it was like KCMO. It's kind of weird because I lived in, I lived in Kansas, but I started, no, I lived in Missouri, but I studied in Kansas because it was just separated by, small, by mm-hmm. just one tiny street. And, 
And yeah, basically my background as a child, I mean, you know me, I'm quite, I, I like doing a lot of stuff. I'm quite nervous sometimes, like, you know, I like partying. <laughs> so since I was a kid, I really enjoy doing a lot of activities. I love sports as well. And I would say my childhood was just, just normal, just a lot of activities, a lot of sports. I would say very, very diverse and international. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that, that, the... that as well. But then I kind of settled in Spain, then went to the US, came back to Spain. And then since I was in Spain, I finished like my secondary studies. And then every summer I went to Panama, I went to the UK to work, I went to Mallorca. But back to America story, yeah. you lived with the host family. Did you get along? Oh, yeah. Was it nice? Yeah. It's actually funny because uh, we were two guest students in the same family and the other one was from Korea, which is completely different yeah. world. Like sometimes I was like, is it me? Is it her? And then I just realized like right now I'm like older and I look back at it and I actually realized that there are some cultural differences. But I learned so much about it. Yeah, of course, because you live with Korea, Korean girls. Yeah. So you are very international. And then in the American family... Was it like the whole year you had to... I was the whole year. And I went back on the summer. And yeah, the family is like half American. No, they, they are American, but you know how in the United States, there's not really like a pure American because there's a lot of yeah. like foreigners coming. So they were like mostly Irish, but Irish from like, I don't know, like five generations back. So, That's so cool. Yeah. What is, what is your greatest memory about living in the U.S.? Wow, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the greatest memory was like, in my case, and that's like just to open up myself a little bit, um, I went to the U.S. because I was not in my best moment as a, you know, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And it's just my, my best memory is just that I, I, I realized that when I came back, all my family was actually noticing that I changed in some ways. And I learned a lot, just, I think being alone, like I was with a family there, but being alone when you're 13 years old, the first two months were really hard. That's it's a challenge. Yeah. It's not like now we're in Erasmus, it's different. You're like 20-ish, 22, I'm 22, you're 23, I think, yeah. I guess. And it's different because you're more mature. But when I was 13, there were some moments that I really struggled with, but then that just built the personality that I have right now as a 20-year-old guy, so... Exactly, it builds up. So after US, you went back to Madrid. Yeah. And then you were traveling every summer. What were you doing? Well, the first summer I was legal age to work, I went to the UK. So basically, I worked for uh, the UK government program, which is called NCS. And it's basically just like summer camps for kids that don't have parents or their parents are in jail. It's kind of that. And it was cool. It was cool because I was just 18 years old and there were some of the teenagers that were like 16 or 17. So I didn't tell my age to anyone, to anyone like of my group, like the ones that I was guarding because it wouldn't make sense if I'm just one year old, they would not respect me. And, and yeah, it was quite a challenge as well because obviously just people that are like in hard situations, they were not pure UK people. They were like Indian people, people from Africa, like people from all over the place. UK and is very diverse, but where exactly were you? I was in the south, it's called Cornwall. It's one of the most beautiful places yeah, in the UK. I have never been somewhere. Exactly, yeah. List. Anyways, it's, it's beautiful. I learned a lot as well. And one of the best things about that experience is that I was like the youngest team leader in the program. And like all of them treated me as 
if I was just one more, if I was like 26 or something like that. And, and yeah, they taught me a lot of things because I didn't really know how to handle 16 year old people. Like just imagine handling 16 year old you being 18 year old. No, it's crazy. No, I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> That's what I mean. But uh, how long did you stay there? I was there for like three months or something like that. Yeah. That's like for the whole time. summer, basically. It's really challenging. Yeah. And then the next summer I went to Mallorca. And I was working as a tourism entertainer in a hotel. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there the whole summer as well. That was... Just farting. If you ask me what's the best experience, I probably the best experience I cannot say here. <laughs> <laughs> but, Maybe let's give some things. <laughs> yeah. But overall, it was just... It was like the first experience of actually living alone. Like on a flat, sharing like rooms and sharing like kitchens with other people. So I actually had to, I, we were five people living in the house and it was me, an Italian girl, another girl from Deutschland, and then two people from the Czech Republic. So it was all of us together in just one house and we didn't know each other. We met the same day we started and working. And you all did work the, the same job. Yeah, yeah, we were like, we were the team. How do you find these kind of jobs? Uh, well, uh, my parents, like my dad is actually in, let's say in the hotels industry. Mm -hmm. And he also had this job when he was my age. And yeah, he just told me about it. I was like, wow, I see myself just like, I love entertaining people, just doing a lot of sports. And I was like, ah, I really want to do that. So I just got my license, like the course, and then I applied and I- just, What kind of license you need to get for this job? It's like in Spain, you need like a free time and monitor, like monitor for young people license. All right, it's so, just a process. But do you then. go through some agencies, some websites to get yeah, this Yeah, and actually, yeah, I will mention it. It's, it's called Active in Spain. It's called Active and it's the same company gives you the license. And then they, if they promise you that if you get the license, uh, you will get a job three months after getting your license. And if you don't, you'll get your money back from paying the course. That's amazing. And so I, I don't know anyone that has done the course and has not got a job. So I think it's, if you want to do it, it's really easy and it's not expensive. It's like, yeah, I think a lot of people would actually appreciate to know this kind of information because this sounds like a cool job for yeah, students. Exactly. And really you don't need, you just need, and they, they, they tell you, you just need energy and you can also do the course online. So you don't really have to be in Spain, but trust me, like once you do the course, there are so many offers and since you did, you did the course with them, they're going to give you like, like they are going to give you everything to get a job. Exactly, and they also get you a place to live with the other workers. Yeah, it's the uh, the place Excellent. to live and the food is included, apart from the salary. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good, to be honest. That's amazing, and <laughs> yeah. here in Mallorca, it's like, couldn't get better. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, I next summer, I went to Panama, which is like my home place, because I've never been there in my whole yeah, life. do you remember? It no, like exactly, That's, that was why I was like... I have the password. Exactly. Pass not password, the passport. Exactly. I had the passport. I didn't have the ID. I got it when I got when I went there. And I was like, ah, I really want to go there. So I went there by myself. I just saved some money. And and I just went there because uh, my godfather is from there. He's not really part of the family. He's like a friend of my dad, but he's he's literally my second dad. And and yeah, I went there and that was amazing because I needed like to chill a little bit and relax from all the you know, Madrid is a big city. It's like everything goes in a, such a fast pace. And sometimes you just need to like separate yourself from all that crowd and mm -hmm. to chill a little bit. So that's basically what I did that summer. Just three months of being by myself. 
Okay. That's a, that sounds really amazing. But you went there just for like a vacation? Or... Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't work. I just saved money and But went. it's also pretty yeah. cheap there compared to Madrid Oof. or... Let's say like Mexico and South America, because I've been to Ecuador as well. Uh, that's really cheap, but Panama is not. <laughs> I have no idea. That's why it's both. No, it's, it's not because it's like, it's like the middle point between the South America and the US. So it, it's, not, it's not cheap. Okay, so you really had to save up and you had really nice three months. Yeah, yeah. What was the best? Did you meet a lot of people there? or were Yeah, you yeah, actually. Because my, my godfather's uh, son, which is like, I call him my cousin. So it's my cousin. Um, he had a lot of friends as well, so it was same easy age? to, yeah, same age. We were born, it's, it's funny because, uh, our parents were friends when we were, um, in our mom's belly, basically. And we were born like with a month of difference. So oh. both of our moms were pregnant at the same time. And we were born in the same hospital as well, in the same city, it's also from Panama. And, and yeah, I met a lot of people there. And good contacts, you know, like Panama is a really nice city to like do business because, you know, um, the, it's called the Canal de Panama. It's where the huge boats go through to put all the, you know, they take all the, the stuff from the South America and bring it to the US or take it to Europe. Yeah, just deliveries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, it's like, it's a huge, a huge channel. And, and yeah, that's, it was really cool because I could meet people that, work there as well and fun fact about that place is that if you want to work there you have to have the nationality like you cannot work there if you're not from panama but your dad he worked there didn't he yeah i just got the nationality because i was born there that's but he how could he do the job there or well you can just... work in other countries okay okay yeah. i thought that he moved there for a job He moved there for a job, but he was just like, he didn't, he had like a residence permit. He was not actually from there. All right, all right. And I was born in, in that change of country. <laughs> That's so interesting. It's so random at the same it time. It is. I could have been born in Egypt or in Tunisia. If, if they decided to have another kid like a year after, I would have been born in Egypt, for example, instead of Panama. But do you remember anything from Egypt or Tunisia? Uh, I have few memories, but I, I have them because I have a lot of pictures. But like not really like I my memories start actually in Spain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where the where you spent most of your life apparently. Exactly. Yeah. So you you came back to Spain. You graduated. I graduated. You in stayed Spain. there. You didn't move again, or you did you? I did not for studying. I moved as I as I told you. I went to these places in summers, but no, I stayed there for three years, and and then I was gonna move out after the second one, but then all this coronavirus COVID thing came so all the Erasmus things got cancelled it was not safe we didn't know what was going to happen so I was just like okay I'm going to stay here with my family see how the situation goes mm -hmm. and and yeah actually that's how basically how I ended up here like after the third year I was like I need I need to go out because I needed something else and I was feeling trapped in Spain although I had a good job in Spain I was working while studying I, I was fine But I was I need something else and that's why I decided to come here. But okay, just to let's go back, which university yeah. did you go in Spain? Which course did you take? Yeah, so I studied well, I first studied engineering but I dropped it because I wanted to work at the same How time. How long it took you to realize? <laughs> One month. Okay, that's good. It's good to realize at the beginning because I realized my studies yeah. the very first time it was seven months it took me to yeah. drop it. And it's kind of too late. I kind of You know, I entered the career new in it, 
but I was like, my brother is also an engineer. Also, I guess I was not mature enough when I was 18. So I didn't choose wisely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some people is like, if, if, if I look back and I know all the stuff that I know now, I would have chosen another university. I would have gone like abroad from the first year, 100%. But yeah, so I started finance and accounting there. And, and yeah, I go to the University Carlos III, which is the best university in finance and the second one in economic studies. Everyone from here, from Erasmus and from Madrid, are they from the same university? No. Marta and Adrian are, and then Sarah and Alba are from another university. Okay. But it's also in Madrid, yes. though. Yeah. It's so interesting because I really expected you all to know each other. No. Because we are, you're like six. We are... Um, Ezekiel as well. So six uh, yeah, Spanish six. people. And I expected that you would know each other. No one know each other. They're from different universities and all. Also, I'm a year older than them, so... I mean, I don't really have the chance to have any courses with them. Then you dropped engineering, and after one month you joined. You joined straight. No, away. no, 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 no. That's that. That was actually, and that's gonna get personal again. That was probably the worst year of these last four years because I was, I was, I knew I was not doing the right studies for me. Also, I had like a lot of expectations from my parents, family, friends. And it was hard for me. Like, it was really hard for me, like, to go to my parents and tell them, hey, ah, this is not my thing. Only bad thing, and I would recommend everyone out there, if they want to drop a career, just have another option before telling your parents or your loved ones that you are going to stop studying. Because the way I did it is I said, hey, I don't want to study. But I didn't have another option. I didn't think about it. I was just like, I don't need this. And Same. <laughs> I yeah. can easily relate Yeah, to exactly. This. So that... Basically, just led to a little bit of conflict in my house, but it was fine. You know, four years after that, like, I'm fine. But yeah, I realized that. And then I basically just did the whole year just because I, I had to do something. I also worked a little bit and, and then I joined the next year, the finance and accounting degree that I'm doing now. How did you decide to take that? Oh, um, I knew I, had, I wanted to do something related to economy and business. But I didn't want to study like pure economics because I think it's just studying the history and a lot of theory and I don't like that. I also thought about studying computer science because I love programming databases and that kind of stuff as well. And then the other side of me was telling me to go and do what my dad did. It was like related to tourism and hotels. But my dad speaks like five or six languages. So that's, Which ones? He speaks Spanish. Italian, French, Arabic, and English. So, That's I mean, impressive. to work in tourism, knowing that, it's an advantage. I don't have that. I, I hope I will have it one day, but not now. And, and yeah, so I kind of just, you know, I just write, I literally just took a paper and wrote what the pros and cons are from each thing. And I was like, I need to do something related to finance because it's what's going to give me like a strong core base on economics and business and yeah that's how i chose it that's great it's very important guys to write pros and cons because yeah. i have been there in that situation but i had literally no ideas nothing to put inside of there i just knew back then what i was doing i knew just one thing i hate politics <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> yeah and also i will recommend to do that with pretty much everything like in life it's like the most clear way to actually realize what's going on in your mind also, like if you're feeling any kind of way, I usually write it down on a paper 
and like the next day I read it so I realize what happened to me the last you know it's a good way just to get all your feelings and like actually do a an, an analysis that's how you analyze stuff yeah you can, if you're stuck in your brain you can just start overthinking but if you say it out loud or write it down as you said it becomes real so just try to talk to someone or write it down for us it worked we're both I think end up fine yeah I, think I can't we're complain fine. yeah <laughs> so tell us the whole story how you decided to come to Austria yeah that's where we are here right now yeah exactly way. that's why we met uh, basically as I told you I was going to go to on Erasmus to the UK and I was going to go to Exeter which is where where I worked basically where exactly in yeah. the UK like Cornwall is here and the University of Exeter is near to Cornwall. It's like south of the UK. It's like near yeah. Bournemouth. So it's near the University of Essex as yeah. well. So uh, No, Essex I think is higher. Oh yeah, you're right. It's like Essex is high. So that's like the University of Exeter. I cannot say that yeah. word. Exeter? Southampton. Oh, Southampton. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I went... Because uh, I was living in the dorms in Exeter when I worked there. So I loved that campus. I was like, I want to go there. And I got the place... Got re- I didn't get rejected. I got the, the actually the Erasmus grant and everything, and then COVID came, so I just like when my. When was that? That was two thousand. We were two twenty one two years ago, so it was my second year of career, and and then I studied the second, the third one, and the third one. I chose that again. I got it. It got cancelled because of COVID. You know how the UK didn't take the all the measures. I'm not gonna say they were right or wrong because I don't know but they didn't take all the measures and they stopped the Erasmus as well. So they gave me other options and I chose France. I was going to Toulouse and then that got canceled as well. And I got just, I was like, okay, I'm going to Austria. But how? How Austria? Because out of all the other options, I was like, ah. But what, what did you have else? It was like Austria, Poland and like some Norway or something like that. I just didn't like the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I also came here because regarding governments and stuff, I like the government here. Like, I like the mentality of the people. Like, I think there's a good environment to do business as well. So, yeah, I chose Austria, but it was not my first. It was my fourth option. <laughs> and and I didn't know what to expect when I came here. It's good to expect nothing. Here yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> at least the first time I arrived, I was thinking, what is this? But at the end, it turned out well. How was your first impression? Let's talk about that. Well, uh, well, you know what my plan is. It was like I was coming here just for a semester, and then, well, I'll I'll talk about it later. But my first impression was, well, we live in a, let's say, it's um it's a special place. <laughs> it's a country, so yeah, it's, it's real. yeah, basically it's an industrial place. Um, it's it's cool because we we get to meet a lot of people. Like it's just an international environment. But there's nothing around here. Let's just be real. If there would be no so not so many cool people around, oh, this the, would be terrible. It would have been terrible. It would be I would terrible. have moved out after the first month. Probably, I would have not yeah, stayed longer. definitely, definitely. It's cool that we are kind of near Vienna. Like it's kind of it's half an hour away. It's confusing because I will just translate a little bit. For example, when I lived in Switzerland. Hmm. There was Zurich and Zurich Neustadt. It meant that it's in city center. Right. And when I heard Vienna and Vienna Neustadt, you cannot translate it to English. It means that you're in Vienna all city center or Vienna Moose city or yeah. whatever, whatever the meaning is under that. But it's another city. We're like 44 kilometers or 50 kilometers outside from Vienna. Exactly. And when you translate it to English, it's called University of Vienna. 
it's actually another building. It's yeah, actually completely exactly. another place. And so we are in countryside. Yeah, I realized that because like the first week I got the month, the monthly like um, public transport uh, pass for Vienna Neustadt. Just thinking that it was part of Vienna. And then I went to Vienna, I came back and then a supervisor came to me and was like, hey, you now have to pay 150 euros because you don't have the right ticket. And I was like, wait, this is Vienna, right? And then he explained to me that, no, you're not in Vienna. Oh. And that's when I realized, I didn't pay it though, because he was like, he, he realized I was just a foreigner. So he was like, yes, get off and get a ticket. But yeah. That's sweet of him because fines are not cool. It's 150 <laughs> euros. I know. But wait, you came here. When did you arrive? How was the whole process? Because you came to Vienna before. Yeah, I came the 25th because I stayed in Vienna for a week with my parents. Like Vienna, Vienna, like center, <laughs> what we know as Vienna. The Where pretty, the airport is. The, the beautiful place. <laughs> And and then I was in the dorms the 28th and I was here alone for like a week. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. I had a lot of like time to think about myself. So it was not that bad. <laughs> But you came during the day, during the evening, how it was? Because I came at the late Friday, not Friday, but late Sunday evening when everyone already was here. Yeah. And it still felt dead to me. Yeah, well, imagine like me. No, my case was, um, I took the, so I first came here with my parents because we rent a car and I left all my suitcases. I just took a small suitcase to Vienna and then I took a train from Vienna Hauptbahnhof, like the main station of like Vienna. And, and yeah, I came here, I walked to like from Civitas Nova, which is a weird station. <laughs> It's like in the middle of nowhere, basically. And then I just walked here. I, There I, are no stores, by the way. No stores. No st the nearest yeah. store is like 15 minutes cycle. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And we cycle everywhere, basically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I was walking. I already saw the dorm because I left my suitcases here. But then I, I had to like set up all my room, like my computer, my clothes. And I was literally thinking, ah, why am I here? But you were also the first person who arrived. Yeah, I was the first person. There was no one here. Like, actually, the first day, I remember I was just walking around the dorm. Just, I wanted to see something. Like, where's the gym? I didn't find anything. I didn't know where the laundry is. And then I found the random guy and asked him. And he didn't give much information. But I at least got what the laundry was. Was he Austrian? Uh, no, he. I think he was Bulgarian or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but uh, when was your... Flatmate, when did your flatmate arrive? Because you're both Spanish. Yeah. Uh, did you know that he will be your flatmate? No, I had no clue. Uh, he arrived like here. They arrived both mostly at the same time. I think most of the people arrived this, the, like the third or the fourth or something like that. So you're pretty long by yourself. Yeah, I was you like put it together that you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. With no shops around, no life around, you were really long by yourself. Yeah, basically I. When I was alone, I went running every day because I had nothing better to do. And it still was sunny. You know, the weather right now is not so good. <laughs> But in, yeah, I was just working out and just getting everything together. Just a lot of time about thinking about myself as well. That was, uh, that was a good week to just put everything together about mm, what was happening. The madness. Yeah. Because the first two weeks in university started, <sighs> those were amazing. Parties every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in that mood anymore, but, <laughs> you know, the first two weeks were, were they yeah, were, were, they were crazy. Nice. Yeah, they were really crazy. So, how, what changed your mind about this place? Because now you're kind of happy here, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you know the story, so I'll just... 
kind of like fuck it up a little bit to where I arrived. Uh, I basically came here with 2,000 euros in my pocket to live for four months. Uh, I don't I don't have uh, the financial support of my parents because I just like to do things by myself. So I have to pay everything by myself, the rent, I have to pay for the food, I have to pay for transport, these parties, everything basically. And so I had a plan. I basically went out of Spain because I wanted to do something else. I was like, hey, I'm going to take the Erasmus thing um, and I'm going to find a job. That's what, that was my goal. And I actually got it. I, I actually tried out a market. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank amazing. You. And I came here. So I basically, the 30th, I remember it, the 30th of August, we got an email from the university to apply to this um, marketing and sales opportunity in an Austrian company. And I was just, okay, let's, why not? Just apply. Why not? And I just applied. I kind of forgot about it. And then two weeks after I got the response, then I was like, oh, Great, I'm in the process. And then they asked me for a meeting. We had a meeting and then, yeah. They... You didn't need to speak German for that job? Nope. That's amazing. Yeah, because Which... I don't, I know, I, I, my, my German is, it's the basics. I can order food in German or in the supermarket, that's fine. But I didn't go further than that. But yeah, it was kind of, I went on a crazy journey because basically I decided to go here without a stable plan. And then it all, it all actually came out pretty well because I got a good job. The company also asked me to stay for a, for a long term, not only for the internship. And it's also salaries here are way higher than in Spain. And and yeah, right now I just I feel like my place is here. Well, not here in Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> so actually I'm moving to Vienna to another place uh, in 15 days because my office is there. And and yeah, that's that's what happened. But you came here for you have last year of university, as I remember. Yeah. So you do your first semester as in university, and the second one you do as an internship, and then you graduate. Yeah, the thing is, like, I I I was I was planning this like a year ago, so I wanted to have like everything settled so that I wouldn't have problems with my basically with graduating. So I took all the. Oh, how do you, would you say, like of the optional courses. courses? Yeah, I took most of them during this semester. So that next semester, I just had to do the bachelor paper and the and internship. This, yeah. And that's basically how I managed it. Because I actually took seven courses this semester. I usually take like four or five. So I took like most of it this semester. And, and yeah, so I just have to do the bachelor paper, which is the thesis of the degree. But I can do that online. I don't need to be in Madrid for that. Is and it, that's it. Is it hectic the first semester or is it okay for you? Uh, that's a good question. I would say it's easier than in Spain, but not because I'm not learning less than in Spain. It's because in Spain is the typical theory university of maybe not doing anything for two months, but then locked yourself down in your room for study for two months for finals. Like that's the way I used to do university. And here, like you're doing it as well. It's just a lot of case studies, like practical cases. But I would say I'm learning more in this way of learning than in the other one. So it's easier for me because I don't like learning things by heart. And I'm also learning more. But I would say it's harder in Spain because also in Spain, they'll give like a more of mathematical approach to my career. Mm -hmm. So it's like more hours of study. But yeah, it's kind of the thing. It's like, it's easier, but you learn more. It's like a better methodology. 
Because, for example, for me, this university, they require far more time than university itself. Oh, really? Because in uh, England, we just study one hour or two hours maximum. Mm -hmm. We have two, three times per week to come to the university for these lectures. And here, I'm actually surprised that I have to spend like... One one day, we spent six hours in university. Yeah, exactly. And then afterwards, I had two and a half course more. Yeah, So yeah, that's how, true. Well, I'm just surprised that Spain even has more... Crazier approach for it, me. It is crazy. It's just, you know, it feels like university is just an extension of school in which you just keep studying more difficult stuff, but it's just learning by heart. You're not actually understanding anything. That's not nice. So, you know. Would you go rather to Vienna and Russia, like the countryside of Austria, or would you rather study in the capital of Spain? <laughs> um, <laughs> because capital of Spain sounds so okay. much cooler. Um, regarding quality, like quality regarding my life, like my private and social life, I would stay in Spain, but regarding what it would be like professional life and how to learn to do case studies and stuff, I would stay here because I see some of my colleagues of other courses that they've been studying here for three years and man, they are really, really good at analyzing stuff. I'm not that good because I haven't practiced that much. So yeah, I would say like to have fun, I would stay in Spain, but to actually, as a professional approach, I would have stayed here in Wiener Neustadt. Okay. Or maybe in Vienna and come here to Wiener Neustadt. I would have moved to Vienna before ending the career. I was for sure. kind of thinking maybe to do the same as you, move to Vienna, yeah. but then I have to commute all the time and I don't think I'm up for it. But you have the office, you have everything in Vienna, which is fantastic. Yeah. For example, for those that want to do the same as you, can you explain the dormitorio? system how you're moving to Vienna with the same thing like how I'm moving to the to the Vienna place yeah, yeah, yeah. well in my case well I'm moving to a temporary place which is from the same company as we have here um I'm not gonna say the name so. <laughs> okay. so. if someone wants you can send them private messages yeah, yeah. and uh, what's the name yeah and basically I'm moving to another dorm which is the same company but it's way better than this one which is not difficult, <laughs> but it's just a temporary thing. Cause once I finish my internship, I get like the full salary. And then you stay still in the cheap. And no, I'll move to an apartment. Yeah, but after a while. Yeah, no, after a while, I'll be there for a year. I'm, I'm not stupid. I was, I want to save money. So you I can, can save so much money while living in these dorms. That's why. That's I want to save money until the next summer, which I'll probably just go to Spain for a couple of months to visit my family, and probably January two thousand and twenty three. I'll plan on getting my apartment if I'm still here, which I guess I will. I guess so. How's like your German will... going? Alles gut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm, I actually didn't know a single word of German, like not a single. Even though my cousins are from Switzerland, they live there. German actually. side. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've never like actually put any effort on learning German. But when I knew that I was coming to Austria, I was like, ah, I need to learn just a little bit at least. Are you taking any German courses? No. Ah, but <laughs> if you can already order food in a restaurant, that's impressive the th anyway. Yeah, the thing is like, I took like private classes uh, for three months before coming here. It was like three hours a week. So I learned the basics. I know the verbs, like I know the numbers, I know how to order food. I know, you know, I know the basics and I learned a little bit more here. I'm sure once I moved to Vienna and I'm like more in a... Because I'm going to be more with Austrian people, 100%, like while working and stuff. I think in two, three years, 
probably I can do the podcast in German. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But it's also interesting because we live in a really countryside, and oh, yeah. normally in shops and uh, restaurants or whatever, even in university, often they tend not to speak English. Sometimes. But because we are only with Erasmus, like the whole floor, it's really, Erasmus people. It's yeah. only Erasmus. You have everyone, like Poland, Latvia, Belgium. Whatever you can imagine. I've never, here. I've never counted like how many nationalities we are here, but yeah, it's, it's probably like, over 20. We are like 25, 30 people here. And very rarely there are people from the same country. Yeah, right. Only like Spanish people is the majority. Of That's right. That's true. And you're only six. Yeah. So if we divide each by each, Macedonia, Slovenia, like it's... Uh, but it's, it's really lot. cool. It's, it's really, really cool. I love it. Like I love to like meet people from other countries. And Although we fun. are like, we are all like, Mostly all of us are like European countries, so it's not such a, you know, like it's a, still I would say it is a difference. You can feel it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, there is. But like, you know, we can get along each other. It's not like with other countries. Maybe they eat with their hands or something like that. Yeah, there are sometimes these kind yeah. of things. Actually, but in not Morocco, so they do that. Like my fa- my dad's family is from Morocco, and they they sometimes I not anymore because I already know them. But if you go there, sometimes you'll be like, ah, this is too much. You know? But how is it there? Well, um, I would say there are two parts of Morocco. Well, actually three parts, which is like, there is the Spanish colony that was back then governed by the Spanish people. And then there's the French colony as well. And then there is part that is like just pure Moroccan people, like on the mountains and stuff. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's like Madrid. But for example, there's a city called Casablanca, which I would say... That and another city called Rabat, it's the most, um, yeah, more like European cities, but you still can feel the difference. Also, I would say I'm, I'm part Moroccan, so I actually, I, I love that country. I love the people. And I it's love on the, my bucket list yeah, so badly. You should go. I recommend everyone to go there. Like it's, I just want to say like, it's not dangerous, nothing like it's fine. It's not, you know, it's not like other countries, but you're going to get a culture shock for sure because for example, you're going to see a lot of, like, um, homeless people, you know, like, asking for money and stuff. I'm from Latvia now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, and also, I would say it's not as modern and advanced as other countries. But it's very beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, it's amazing. The food is amazing. The people, it's, you know, it's amazing as well. It's a big food culture there. Wow. Spice culture, wow. no? I wouldn't say it's... People think that. people Because think... a lot of people, when they travel, they post pictures with all the spices and they make like a tower from it. Yeah, but those are, those are like more condiments, not spices. Uh... So it's not spicy. It's just, you know, it's just to give some flavor to foods, like different well, flavors. I have no idea. I've yeah, like but it's not easy. actually, it has some spice in some food, but it's not spicy itself as Indian food, for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would I highly recommend what everyone. What would to go you there. recommend to go to the most? What is your favorite place? Well, my home, my home village. Which one is it? <laughs> it's called Chefchaouen, which is like, it means looking at two horns, like horns meaning yeah, yeah. the, from, for example, a goat. Because when you look the village from under it, you see two big mountains and they look like horns. And it's funny thing about this place, which is called, I will say again, just type on Google Chefchaouen with an X and uh, all the houses are blue. Uh, you can look it up later. Like everything is blue. Oh wow! You will they need to write that down for me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you. And everything is blue there. And yeah, my family is from there. That's 
my heart is there. How far is it from the nearest big city or airport? Uh, it's like three hours uh, away from like a big city. And then, yeah, there are like three or four main airports, but Rabat, which, which is, it's Rabat, mm -hmm. is like, or three hours away from Tetuan as well, which is another city where usually the king lives there. It's like a three, four hours drive from there. And you have to like drive out like through the mountains and you, for example, you get a cultural shock when you do that um, journey because you know how in, for example, in Europe or in Spain, at least when you go through the mountains, you get like barriers on the sides. You don't have that in Morocco. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. Wow. So sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm going to fall down the cliff. But it's cool. I would never drive there. I don't know how to drive a car, so it would be yeah. even worse. I've never drove in Morocco. I've seen my dad and... It's like no, uh, thank you. No, ru no rules. That's that's the thing. No rules in Morocco. There are no rules. Uh, what is the safest transportation there? Like, no safety wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It feels like you're gonna have a car crash all the time, but it never happens. I've never seen a car crash in Morocco, but it it, it feels like you're gonna get into one, but it it just never happens. That would give me a heart attack, probably. <laughs> I know, but it's just for example, yeah. Ma Madrid. It's not as crazy because you know it's another country. In another city but when i drive in madrid for the first times not anymore because i'm used to it but for the first times i felt like i was gonna crash with someone at any time but it never happens i i have traveled through south of italy and south of france i lived there there are like no rules but it's still europe it's still like yeah yeah it's still there but there are no rules so it doesn't matter which continent you're at it just depends on the situation because in Italy, in south of Italy, I would never rent a car. I would have to pay the deposit. Yeah, that's true. And I was just saying how it is in Morocco. What's like the safest way? Is it like a train to take? The or... safest way is to go with someone that knows how to drive her. <laughs> that's the safest <laughs> way. All right. Okay. Uh, what, what I wanted to ask you, like you, how, have you ever counted how many countries have you been? Actually not. You should. I think it would be I very should. interesting. I should. I should. Although um, I like tattoos, so I want to get my whole back tattoo with the map of the world, and I want to color the countries that I'm from and the countries that I'm gonna visit. So hopefully one day it will be covered. Yeah, like, I would like to see that. Yeah. Because it's quite. It sounds like it has been a lot. Yeah, and I've been like around Europe, are like many countries as well, and yeah, I've been a lot over the place. Like having a dad that it's in a tourism and hotels environment helps a lot. Because, mm -hmm. you know... You travel from country to country. Exactly. Not, not to, maybe not to live there, but maybe just vacation or long vacations to go there. Exactly. So, what has been the best takeaway? What would you advise to others to do something you regret not doing while you were traveling through the countries? To, for example, be more open-minded, to talk more to people, reach out, visit, try new food, whatever comes in your mind. Okay, so I would say... Um, sometimes, you know, when you're in a different country and you feel like you want to ask something, but you regret it or you, like, you don't feel like you should do it. Not because maybe it's unpolite, just because you're just not as confident about asking stuff to other people that you don't know. I would just say, just go for it. Because in my case, I imagine myself in the middle of Madrid and if someone comes up to me and asks me something, I will hundred percent help them. And I feel like sometimes in some countries. I've been, sometimes I've been like, oh, I want to know this. And I have someone next to me that I know is from this country and I haven't asked them anything about it. So I leave some stuff. And I would say 
as a young person, like 20 years old or something like that, I would give up some hours of sleep to do other stuff. That's what, that's, that's what I would say. Just because, especially now, I completely yeah. agree with this, especially now with COVID going on. I lived in London because of COVID only one yeah. month. And I try to go out as much as possible yeah, because exactly. you never know when the lockdown will hit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a lockdown again, but um, for example, there are some times that, you know, random plans are the best. And I completely agree with that. I would say just take the chances and just do all the plans that you can in, in an experience like Carolina me, for example, Erasmus being here in Austria. If you have to go to some museum on a Tuesday and then you... And then you end up partying that same day, then you go for it. <laughs> and and also I would say my my like top thing that I would recommend to other young people is to to find a balance between partying and actually getting your stuff done. Cause that balance is pretty cool. I I think I still have to work a lot of it uh, on the on it, but I would say I've done quite a good job on it because I I still do good with my studies. I'm finishing it. I get a job. I still have fun mostly every day, but it's really 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 easy to get lost in between fun and getting your head centered in what's really important and what's not. What would you suggest for that case not to happen? <clears throat> I would suggest uh, to have a planned schedule. I know it sounds like the typical thing to say, but I started doing it two years ago because I saw my dad do it. And I would say to actually know how many hours you want to actually be productive and be be honest with yourself. Like, for example, myself, I cannot be productive for three hours straight. You know, like I, I work on another way. I know people that can be sitting down for six hours and they are done. So find and test what are the ways that you're going to work better under pressure, under some tasks and take those hours out of your schedule and then leave all the other hours to have fun. And I also consider that exercising is important for everyone. I love sports. I've always done sports. And I think there is a part of your day that should be dedicated to that as well. And then trust me, if you actually do that planned schedule, then you will get that balance between social and having a lot of fun life and at the same time getting all your sport and stuff together. Exactly. I completely agree with you. I have an agenda all the time with me and even with it, I sometimes forget about things I need to do, actually do. Definitely. So if I wouldn't have that thing, I would have been lost completely. It's nice to have the balance between work, studies and job. Yeah. Work, studies and job. No, work, studies and parties. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to have social life. Otherwise... Oh, for sure. Yeah. I need like, sometimes I like get so fed up of doing case studies at university Maybe I have a lot of stuff to do from my work and I just need the weekend to come so I can just talk to you guys and like go for a drink and party, just like get all my, you know, all that tension out. Exactly. And I will also highly recommend if there is any wild and young soldier that wants to go out and have a low budget <laughs> to go to another country, go get an Excel or a paper and actually plan your budget. Because it's possible, it's possible to live with a low budget but you actually have to plan yourself for it. Exactly. I completely agree. I have been traveling with very little money before. Yeah, exactly. It's possible. Right? It as is long possible, as you yeah. plan, as long as you don't go to fancy restaurants or whatever, if you don't have budget, plan it out. Check yeah. the cheap place, check the cheap Just go options. to the supermarket, get a piece of bread. 
get a beer <laughs> and just you, you can survive with that and i i think for example in my case that i know that from here um, and like six months from now i'm gonna have more money and i'm going to have a better life like a better i don't know a better income I, i'm gonna have a better budget yeah. uh these three or four months that i have passed through right now have taught me that you really have to give importance to the to to all the stuff that we have around because I used to live with my parents so you know there are some details that I didn't realize that they actually cost money and it's a good thing so just plan your budget really wisely and and yeah just also don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do anything because I got told that so many times before coming here and I'm the kind of person that have had um, so many people telling him in my case that it was just crazy to do this i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna go back without money <sighs> just, proved them just wrong. hello i'm here exactly <laughs> and you got a job pretty much immediately yeah i got it like two made. months or a month and a half after coming here i think it's also about having the right attitude you know you just don't give up yeah and just just try to have all that positive energy surround yourself with positive people as well i actually think like having all of you guys it's cool as well because it actually gave me like some positive mindset and yeah it worked at the end of the day it worked that's all that matters what would be advice to you when you what would you give to yourself advice like you two three months ago when you came with those two thousand euros without a job no idea what to do what was what what was that one thing that kept you on reaching your goal um part of it was proving people wrong not the main thing but Part of it was proving people wrong because I, I just got a lot of people telling me that I was just going to actually go back and, you know, with not succeeding. But I I just didn't feel comfortable in Spain anymore. You know, like I think I needed some time. And um, when I had this opportunity, I just I was like, I have to take it. And yeah, I, my advice. You mean my advice knowing what I know now? Exactly. <laughs> Live in Vienna. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, my advice, I think I, w- I would say do the same thing. Like, because, you know, I looked so much stuff when I, before coming here to get so much information, but sometimes you really have to be here to suffer all the stuff to learn. So apart from scheduling everything, planning your budget really wise, and in a really wise manner, I would say just really be convinced about it because I've had, I'm not going to lie, I've had some days that I actually thought that I was going to go back. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not happening it's anymore. Normal. It's normal, it's human behavior. Yeah. But sometimes I really feel like, ah, uh, I, I think I'm going to run out of money. I think this and the other. And just sometimes there is a part of myself that is just putting up excuses to not be the better version of myself. And I think that happens to everyone. And I've suffered that before, um, like having a good opportunity and just a random part of my brain telling myself that I was not able to do it. But in this case, I would say the only advice is be 100% convinced that on the long term, it's going to be the right decision. Because that's that's what my mindset was. Because at the beginning, I felt insecure. I still do sometimes, but right now I feel like more stable because I have a job. But I, I knew what the long-term goal was. So 
if you schedule your stuff, you have time for everything and you plan your budget so that you don't have to go back or ask for money to other people, then it's all about having a positive mindset and, and believe in yourself. Because three years ago or two years ago when I applied for, for the UK Erasmus, maybe this all happened because it was not the right time for me to happen, you know? Mm. And maybe if, if COVID didn't exist and I went there, I probably would be in Spain right now in the same situation I was last year. And I, would, I wouldn't say that's bad. It's, it's still okay, but, you know, things happen for a reason. But it's also true that life sometimes doesn't give, doesn't give you the second chance. So if you see a good opportunity, just go for it. But if go for it, convinced about it. And another advice, I would say that don't, don't talk about your plans to people that are not from your small circle, you know, because sometimes you get the energy that actually influences you to not reach your goals. And trust me, that that's terrible because you get your dreams just stepped on and you just don't get it, you know. Never ask for advice for from a person that you would never... How, what, how was it, the sentence? Never ask advice from a person who would you never come for a critic for. Yeah, exactly. Just keep your small circle. Yeah. Don't spread the word until you make it. Exactly. For example, I when I got the job here, I didn't say anything until I was like, 100% in the position. I already kind of knew I was there, but I didn't say any, I didn't even say it to my parents because I was like, I, you know, this is the plan. Exactly. Just go for it. And very important, believe in yourself because if you mm. don't, who else will? If you think, okay, I just came to Austria, I don't speak German, I don't yeah, have exactly. maybe enough experience or whatever, but I want to get this job. And if you say to someone, they will be like, oh, maybe mm. don't apply, you don't speak German or... Hmm. Like, you won't stay here long. If you would have not believed in yourself, you would probably not be. Yeah, exactly. And I would say as well, just to throw it out there, um, if you go 100% for something, like, for example, if for some reason, I don't know, they just fire me next week, I literally, obviously, would hurt me and I would feel bad. But if that happens, that means that something better is coming. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if you give your, and you have to be honest with yourself, if you gave your 100% and something didn't go the, the way you expected, I usually think that something better is coming and hey, that worked for me in the past. And Exactly, did, like for example with Erasmus, if did, you didn't yeah. get to go to France or to the UK, you came here and actually a job opportunity yeah, was working for you. Imagine like for example in my case, I didn't go to UK, I didn't go to the UK to second chance, I didn't go to France. And then imagine myself just being like, ah, this is not for me and stay in Spain. Because that would be, that's a normal reaction. That would be a total normal reaction. But I, I, I knew I had to like look for something else. So yeah, that's kind of like, I think that's a good summary of the story of exactly. how I ended up here. I, I hope it's you guys enjoyed it. It's an interesting story. It's like <laughs> from one continent to another, yeah, yeah. the third, back to the first one. It's very, very interesting, at least for me. And yeah. I hope for the rest of the things. But you did reply for the last main questions. One thing you regret not doing. And you gave advice about not speaking up to locals and yeah. asking for help. And the exactly. second was to really, I would say, from all the advices you gave, the best one to believe in yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't, who will? Exactly. If you don't believe in yourself, actually, you know, when you, when you actually have negative thoughts about something happening... I don't know why 
I don't know if it's got some energies out there. I have no clue. I'm not an expert. But for some reason, if you think something is going to go wrong, it usually goes wrong. And the other way around, it 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 works for me. I don't know if it's an imaginary thing, but it, trust me, it works. Exactly. I, I think I believe in the same thing. But just to wrap up this session, thank you very much, Jamil, for joining this talk. It felt like five minutes, honestly, yeah, actually, it's 56. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. I had a really big pleasure hearing everything. And I hope that soon we'll meet up when you live in Venice, maybe to make really yeah, for in sure. German or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you know, you can always come visit. You'll have a nice house somewhere <laughs> in Vienna. And yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah. Just keep tuned with the podcast. She's going to, well, all of, uh, both of them are going to bring great people here. And I know all of, some of them. And yeah, you're really going to enjoy it. And I really encourage you to have an abroad experience. And as I said, believe in yourself and go for it. Because you're going to get a lot of experiences that is going to be good for your future. Trust me. Exactly. Thank you, Jamil. And see you guys in the next episode. Bye.